So if you've ever wondered if your job is at threat of being taken over by AI, then you might want to listen to this episode. That's because today we are going to explore what jobs have been taken over recently by AI and the jobs that stand to be taken over in the near future, along with some of the roles which are the hardest for AI to fulfill and take over entirely. And we're going to explore this topic with the help of Dale Smith. Dale Smith is the founder and EVP of Orchestral.ai, a company that provides data center operations and takes automation to a whole new level of effectiveness in taming the chaos and complexity of IT and business support infrastructure. Now, if you like this episode, some other episodes that you might enjoy from the Brains Bite Back selection of previous episodes are Who owns the rights to AI's new artistic talents? How AI is advancing surgery? and suicide prevention using predictive AI. My name's Sam Breakgear, and you're listening to Brains Bite Back, your podcast exploring the intersection between psychology and technology. Disclosure, this episode contains a client of a Spacio portfolio company. My name is Dale Smith. I am one of the founding um, members of the team that includes uh, Robbie Rao and, and Marshall Tepartezic, um, founders of a company called Orchestral.ai. The company, the, the best way to describe what we are doing uh, is the uh, our tagline, which is intelligent autonomous infrastructure. So we're really uh, focused on the mission of making intelligent autonomous infrastructure a reality for some of the world's largest organizations who have very complex, unwieldy, difficult to manage uh, IT infrastructure and artificial uh, intelligence plays a key role in our uh, ability to do that. So that is uh, what the company's really focused on. And my role within uh, Orchestral.ai is really building the technology stack, the infrastructure, if you will, uh, that supports all of our customer facing operations uh, from marketing to sales operations, to customer success and ensuring that our customers have the best possible experience working with us. That's my role. I have a team of guys that help me, guys and gals that help me uh, accomplish that outcome. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. I mean, like, I'm really looking forward to cracking open your brain and understanding so much more about AI because we are here today to discuss uh, what jobs will last in the face of AI and automation. Now, before we get into that, I would like to discuss what jobs we have seen AI already successfully take over in the past 10 years that were previously only done by humans. Now, could you share some mm-hmm. of your thoughts on this, maybe examples? Certainly, and you know, when you, when you scratch the surface, I, I think anyone will be overwhelmed by the amount of content and, and literature that's being churned out around the topic of AI, and perhaps even specifically uh, around AI and the future of work. So what I have to share with you is uh, in your, in your listeners is a small sampling of what's out there. But some of the roles that uh, I think are within easy grasp of AI technologies and involve routine, pretty standard task, manual task that, that will lend themselves to a programmatic approach, an algorithmic approach. For example, um, in the field of medicine, uh, radiologists uh, who are trained to detect patterns in the images, in medical images, may find uh, that their roles in the first instance are augmented 
by AI technologies. But there's evidence to indicate that at some point, the AI algorithms become so advanced, uh, the AI technology becomes so advanced that it could actually uh, replace uh, some of what they do. Some folks may have seen articles about, in the field of transportation, truck drivers. I've seen, in fact, I think there's a startup, I don't remember the name of it, pardon me, it's, it's in Texas, uh, that actually um, came to market with a self-driving truck. The idea being that uh, you know, self-driving trucks obey the speed limit, they don't fall asleep. So the, the obvious appeal there is that costs and risk are greatly contained if you have uh, an AI-enabled uh, self-driving autonomous truck able to transport goods across you know, vast distances unaided 24-7. So that's, that's, that's quite, quite interesting. I think as a general statement, those roles that are within uh, reach of AI today um, are the ones that are using some of the less advanced skills associated with humans. So for example, many, many years ago, uh, I lived in, in, uh, in Copenhagen, in Northern, in Northern Europe. And at that time, all of the metro, uh, the trains, the metro trains were self-driving. There was no human involved and 24-7, they would, you know, shoot around uh, the city, making stops, picking up folks, dropping them off. And I think elsewhere in Europe too, you will see examples of trains and, and uh, metro systems that are essentially driverless. So, you know, there's been a steady uh, advance of AI in various forms throughout um, many industries for quite some, some years now. Probably one last example would be in the field of customer service. So increasingly, particularly folks that need to engage with a company around their product or service and go to the website, increasingly um, people will find that some form of AI-enabled customer service, customer engagement has been, has been deployed that will receive the customer inquiry, try to determine what's the best way to handle it, including handoff to human uh, for intervention, uh, depending upon the nature of the customer inquiry. And I could probably uh, go on forever uh, at these anecdotal, um, at this anecdotal evidence of how AI is already augmenting, and in some cases has the potential to displace uh, jobs which were, which were previously done by by humans. But it'll right. be highly variable across industries, and maybe mm -hmm. that's something we can get into before we before we wrap up. Yeah, definitely. Now, and I have definitely noticed as well the the rise of chatbots, as you kind of mentioned, I suppose, to start mm -hmm. with coming into like customer service, it seems like that's almost uh, on the front line whenever you engage with any kind of company now in any form of like chat or conversation. Um, right. Yeah. And uh, I, with regards to truck drivers, I remember first hearing about that, I think in the last presidential election, just because it was, I remember Andrew Yang made such a, so much noise about how there was going to be like truck drivers will be the next next job and industry to be taken over uh, by yes. AI, like you mentioned. And that's crazy for me. Like, I, I get it, but it's also incredibly scary to think that something so large that can move so fast will be not manned by a human or any anything uh, other than AI. But to be honest, I also have made this comment before where I reckon by the in maybe like 50 years or so, the concept of a human operating machine real the idea of a human operating a lorry or a truck as you would say um would probably be more frightening than the idea of ai 
uh, managing it? Yes, because we, we know that being human, uh, our shortcomings, you know, uh, somebody gets a text message, you know, looks over to pick up their smartphone and then that in that instant, uh, disaster could happen in, in just that small, you know, flash or, uh, the prospect of a truck driver falling asleep. I mean, that's, that's gotta be a key occupational hazard, particularly for long haul type routes. So, the, you know, that's the other side of it that uh, that makes you more welcoming of um, AI, or if not uh, pure AI, then, and then certainly I, I think I'd be more comfortable with the idea of some kind of augmentation so that, mm -hmm. I think initially there were systems that would detect when the driver is getting a little drowsy mm -hmm. and would and would make a loud noise or maybe give them an electric shock you know, <laughs> uh, to, to 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 wake them back into consciousness or like but, vibrate um, their chair very kind of like dramatically. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. So I, when we we talked about truck drivers or lorry drivers are as like one of the jobs that we might see disappear. Are there any others that you anticipate being augmented or potentially completely taken over within the next ten years? You know, I, I tend to fall into um, the line of thinking that AI will be, for a long time, uh, transformative. So in, in the area in which uh, orchestral uh, is focused, you know, we're squarely focused on, on IT infrastructure and the complexity of managing that infrastructure, that, that complexity owing to the fact that equipment from different vendors um, um, is deployed in that infrastructure. That infrastructure traverses many different domains, storage, computing, networking, servers, applications. When you put all that together and you have specialized skilled specialists managing all of that, you can begin to, to get a sense of how challenging it is to, to keep all of that infrastructure up and running because that's what essentially uh, runs the business. So I, I take the, I tend to take the view that AI will transform what most of these skills specialists do. Uh, in the first instance, that transformation while will alleviate the tedious uh, mundane things that these folks have to do all day long. So for example, uh, if there was a fault or a failure somewhere within that infrastructure, instead of uh, having some sort of alert or alarm generated without much context as to what has really happened, uh, AI will have the ability in the first instance to give much more visibility and much more specificity around exactly what has happened uh, that needs the attention of, of a human to intervene and uh, remediate uh, to some extent. Yeah. Later on, you can begin to imagine that going from simple uh, alerting, what we refer to as root cause, to a kind of predictive response. So the, the, before something actually breaks, um, a human would be notified that uh, some element of the infrastructure, perhaps it's uh, a server or a, 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 some sort of networking device, uh, that is out of spec and all of the data that's being generated by that infrastructure is ideal for being able to provide some sort of insight into ahead of time before anything bad actually happens or anything actually breaks. 
providing some insight into what's actually happening. So in both of those stages, it's not that the, the human is being replaced. It's just the nature of what they spend most of their time doing, it changes. So I think for quite some time, we're gonna see this transformative impact of AI and related technologies uh, on the world of work. And I, I think it then becomes uh, an interesting exploration, mental experiment of mm. what's the end game? You know, <laughs> once you've gone beyond uh, uh, alerting and root cause analysis and, and predictive uh, remediation and these kinds of things, what comes after that, you know, in the, in the limit, as we say. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. And if you are, make sure you subscribe and never miss an episode. You can find us on all your usual podcast sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and a whole lot more, including YouTube. And we want to hear what you think, so be sure to leave us a review. Just search Brains Bite Back wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned about uh, a few times really the connection between how ai won't necessarily immediately anyway uh take over jobs entirely but will help aid and assist people with jobs or humans with jobs and that's something that's been discussed a lot that ai would essentially be a, a tool to work alongside humans rather than take over a lot of stuff um but i would also be interested to know like what jobs will be the hardest for ai to fulfill uh and i'm talking like in in their entirety and um, what will with these jobs will I guess will be the the ultimately the last ones and the longest to survive in the hands of humans? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and what your opinion on this is. I think the, um, the the short and simple answer would be jobs that have the greatest amount or have the greatest need for emotional intelligence, creativity, judgment. Uh, to the extent that judgment is um, a quality uh, that derives from experience and observation. So creativity, innovativeness, these are human qualities uh, that are incredibly difficult to, to render algorithmically. It's difficult to render. I, I had a conversation recently with a neighbor on this very topic. The neighbor was of the opinion that uh, uh, AI is all-encompassing, and I, I took the counter view that those aspects of, of, of human uh, experience, which do not submit themselves to equations and algorithms, um, will continue to be outside of the AI realm. And I gave as an example uh, the emotional response of a parent um, uh, who sees their their baby, their child, their toddler. Uh, stand up and walk for the first time. How can you even visualize uh, an algorithmic response to that? Um, so, so some of the professions I think that fall into that into that category certainly uh, fields in healthcare, uh, nurses, senior care workers, those jobs where a great deal of emotional intelligence, uh, empathy. Um, these jobs, I think, will continue to be around for for many, many years. Um, entrepreneurs and technologists who are required to bring together many domains of, of knowledge, insight, uh, judgment, creativity in order to do what they do. 
um, I don't I don't see AI um, replacing those roles anytime soon. And um, artist, even though the, I have seen some um, some algorithms, some AI, there are some sites out there uh, mm -hmm. that will actually gener generate music. You give it some sort of input, and it will generate uh, music. That's very interesting. But um, the music has a certain quality to it that isn't quite the same as what we today associate with human-generated music. And I think the same is true for art. There are some websites out there where uh, an AI will generate uh, art for you, given some kind of input. But um, but in general, I, I, I guess the way to sum that up is it depends on uh, the, the most long-lived human jobs will always have that element of uh, emotional intelligence and feeling um, the things which we associate with being human because those things are just, you know, and I hope not, I hope I'm not wrong about this, but those things are just not uh, amenable to an algorithmic formulation. Yeah. And uh, I, I, you know, I, and I say that mindful that there, somewhere out there in some lab, there, there's probably somebody working on something which will prove me wrong in that, in that point of view. We'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think so. We did have an, uh, an episode beforehand, which was quite interesting. And we kind of discussed uh, the role of AI and art and its ability to, to produce music and art in general, and also the implications of like who owns the art and how it's really like the, the complexities around that. But um, I, I understand what you're saying. And as far as I'm aware, like at the moment, yeah, I don't think that the, the art that I've seen that's produced or music that I've heard that's produced by AI doesn't stand parallel with the, the stuff that we have today, which is human produced. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what that scientist working yes. in their lab will, will produce. But until then, uh, I think that's definitely an area which we still dominate. <laughs> uh, yes. But I would uh, love to ask you as a, the final question. Like, if AI does take over an increasing number of jobs and the rate of employment decreases for humans as a result, what could this mean for society economically and for those who are put out of work? Now, I know you're not an economist, uh, but I'd still love to hear your thoughts on this. Wow, that's a big one. Um... I think there is some anticipation of this, which is readily observable um, around us even now and for some years already. And I talked about two stages of, of AI, uh, the first being one where AI augments, the, the second one being where, where AI um, uh, enters into a more predictive capability. And if there's a third and a fourth and a fifth, uh, then yes, the, the implications for humans and what we associate with modern human existence are, are pretty dramatic and probably bordering on almost dystopian, uh, at least for a period of time. There'll be a period of time in which people will have to get accustomed and, and will need to reconceptualize uh, what it means to, to live in a modern society. And every one of us, and I'm, certainly, I'm sure it's certainly true for all the listeners who will be listening to this program, we wake up in the morning and we, we think about things to do with our work, our profession. Uh, that's the centerpiece of what, that's the organizing principle for our lives. It's, it's how we make money to, to, to pay the bills and, and take care of the necessities in life. If all of that is suddenly uh, displaced, you know, that's a, that's a big fat question mark black hole, but when I said earlier that there are some, there's already some early evidence of thinking around this, I was referring to the experiments in what's called universal basic income, UBI. 
And if you do the research and, and you say do a Google trend line research over time, you'll see that there's much more an increasing amount of discussion around, around this. And there have been some experiments uh, across Europe and Spain and Finland uh, and even in some areas in the US. The concept there is real simple. Um, people are uh, allocated a certain basic income to take care of their daily needs in the event of their displacement due to AI and related technologies. I think you'll find that the results are mixed. Uh, some people, certainly in the beginning, would welcome the idea that, wow, you know, I have free money, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about deadlines and going into an office and doing all the things that we normally associate with work. What could be better? But when you unpack that, you know, that level of dependency would tend to re remove um, a lot of our reason for being. Um, and there are psychological implications to that that um, I think are still being studied and not much conclusive can say about it. The, the irony, you know, there's a hidden irony here, and that is that as AI technologies make businesses more efficient and more productive, you know, it opens up the question uh, of who, who will actually be employed to consume the output of industry if many humans are displaced from the workforce due to AI. Now, that's the one thing I haven't seen much discussion on in the circles where these topics are taken up, um, but that's quite the conundrum. And I think ultimately, you're gonna see much more talk and much more policy prescriptions around the concept of universal basic income uh, as we go through this uh, transition phase of people getting accustomed to or adapting to, not getting accustomed to, but adapting to the, uh, the displacements that uh, the AI uh, inevitably seem to suggest at some point in the future. Not quite sure how far out that is. Mm -hmm. uh, some folks would say it's sooner than we uh, expect, and uh, and perhaps that's true. Yeah. This is going to this is a big topic, and it will it's really incumbent upon everyone to to take this uh, seriously. Mm -hmm. And at a minimum, begin to uh, understand a little bit about AI and what it what it what it is, how it works. Take a look at yourself and begin to understand what impact it could potentially have uh, mm -hmm. on on your current way of living. And begin now to uh, anticipate reskilling and, and retraining. This is something people have to take on uh, as you know a responsibility up to onto themselves. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, they may find themselves uh, uh, displaced um, without notice. And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah, I think, like you mentioned, UBI looks like it has some promise. Admittedly, uh, I too have seen the, the mixed results from it, which is a shame because in theory, I really like the idea of it. I think everyone does. Like you mentioned, it's, I suppose, on the surface, it looks like free money. Um, but mm -hmm. also it looks like a, a tool or a solution to this problem. We'll just have to see how it goes but i definitely think that work will be necessary i remember seeing one psychology study which actually said 20 hours a week is the optimum amount of time to work uh because mm -hmm. i think anything less than that you kind of get a sensation of i don't know maybe not feeling like useful i certainly know that some people experience this when they retire so i've heard yeah it'll be strange but it'll also be nice the idea of us maybe striving to to meet the optimal amount of working hours for human happiness rather than just working to pay the bills um, mm -hmm. that would be a nice future let's hope it turns out like that and not uh, a dystopia that we've kind of touched upon briefly <laughs> yeah 
it's yeah. interesting the this fine line between utopia and dystopia mm. this is something that's fascinated me for a long time so you know some some uh, visionaries who, who opine around ai or will paint the picture of you know the, the 10 to 20 hour work week and and the rest of your time is is spent you know painting and pursuing your hobbies and, and writing you know great books and and you know finding cures for cancer and that sort of thing and I scratch my head and ask myself, when was that ever true? No. <laughs> that, when has that ever happened? It's certainly not in, in any historical timeline I'm familiar with. So I think the utopian uh, vision uh, is certainly good. It's yeah. certainly good marketing material, um, <laughs> but it's a fine line uh, between the, that utopian vision of the, the, the future of, of work in the world of AI and uh, this, the dystopian, the more dystopian uh, vision of the same. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, Dale, that's that's really it for the show. We've come to our time, but I would love to know if people want to continue this or learn about the work you're doing. Is there social media channels they can follow you on or is there a website that you want to send them to? Certainly. Um, folks can can uh, subscribe to the orchestral.ai uh, newsletter to keep up with what we're doing. And that's just simply uh, orchestral, O-R-C-H-E-S-T-R-A-L.ai. That's our website. And we also have a LinkedIn page. And if you just search on orchestral.ai on LinkedIn, you'll find it. And that's where um, we've been uh, reposting some of our blog posts and, and articles, um, admittedly, with much more of a focus on the impact of AI uh, with respect to IT infrastructure and how businesses are, are able to reap the rewards of uh, introducing AI into their, their infrastructure operations. But um, I think this, uh, this uh, interview has given me uh, an excuse to uh, and a motivation to go beyond uh, the narrow confines of IT infrastructure and explore some of these other uh, implications of AI as we go forward. That's fantastic. Well, I'm I'm glad to have uh, ignited a little fire in you to to go down that path. And uh, thank you again for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure having this conversation. And uh, yeah, I, I wish you all the best with all the work you're doing over there. Thank you, Sam, and thank you for for inviting me to spend uh, have this conversation with you anytime. Growing a company has many hurdles, from securing funding to expanding your business capabilities to ranking better on search, each business challenge is uniquely complex. The solution to these challenges is growth-focused digital PR and marketing, and that's where our sponsor Publicize comes in. Publicize sets itself apart from traditional PR companies. It does not charge large retainers or churns out press releases whether you've got a newsworthy announcement or not. Publicize builds on your business's online presence and gets high quality PR and media coverage for startups and entrepreneurs who are priced out of a broken PR industry. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brains Bite Back listeners, you can receive a social media assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co slash bbb. That's publicize.co slash bbb. This is the end of today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this and you want to hear more episodes just like it, then follow and subscribe to Brains Bite Back wherever you get your podcasts. We're also available on YouTube under the channel of our publication, The Sociable. Just search Brains Bite Back and you'll find all of our episodes there. We really love hearing what you have to say. So leave us a review on iTunes or on any other podcasting platform to let us know what you think. 
You can also reach out on Twitter at, at The Sociable. And finally, go to sociable.co where you can find all our episodes and plenty of articles on topics just like this. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you.